Have you ever wanted to sell more books and enroll more customers? Or maybe you're looking to find ways to sustain your message and truly make your difference. Hosted by Sean Rosensteel, Authorized is a live collaborative show dedicated to helping self-development authors take their businesses to the next level. I think we're live, Anne. Are you nervous today? No, no, not nervous at all. I, I'm nervous. I feel like I'm in the presence of greatness here. Oh, go on, honey. I feel the same way about you. <laughs> so I wanted to thank our good mutual friend, Phil Gerbyshek, for connecting us. Everybody's favorite Phil. Everyone's favorite Phil. That guy makes me so mad, though, because he's so happy-go-lucky, and he just carries himself so well, and he's so generous. He's just, he's almost too good of a guy. You yeah. Know what I mean? A little too genuine, yeah. You know, it really makes me mad sometimes. Yeah, makes you feel like a jerk, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Now, Phil's incredible, and um, you guys met, what, at the some sort of a speaker's? Yeah, he spoke for our chapter, our NSA oh. chapter. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And he so, and I ended up, I invited him. I'm like, hey, I know you work out a lot because I see your posts. Like, if you want to go for a walk or go work out. And he's like, yes. And we ended up walking like four and a half miles, just jabbering the whole way. I think it was 20 degrees out in Michigan. I mean, it was it was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think I would need a nap if I was involved with that walk after the two of you guys, man. You're so passionate. <laughs> That's a lot of energy flying back and forth. That's awesome. Well, thank you. I'm excited. You were generous enough to have me on your podcast a few weeks back. So this is so fun to reciprocate. So thank yeah. you for being here. My pleasure. Yeah. So I want to talk about your book. I want to talk about your speaking, right? And I sent you a couple of questions in advance to kind of prepare you to answer them. This question wasn't one of them. So I'm really excited to learn more about your speaking, right? Okay. I want to know, about, but I want to start with the speaking. So what was your most embarrassing moment on stage? Um, you know, it was probably back when I was six years old. It was the holiday Christmas concert and I was in the choir and I was on the end and I'm not somebody who stands still very well. And so I think I was doing one of these and I did one of these and went right off the stage. <laughs> and then, <laughs> And I got back up and finished the song. And then I went running to my mom out in the audience, just bawling. Oh, and uh, it, it, I'm surprised I'm in this job because it was it was pretty traumatic. Well, you got rid of those early jitters. Yeah, right, exactly. early age, right? Well, I have fallen off the stage three or four times since. <laughs> but having survived that back then, I think I'm like, oh, it's nothing. Just get nothing. up and keep going. Nothing. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. All right. So it's interesting because the, the title of your book is Get Over It. Bam. <laughs> So I happen to have a copy right here. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your book. Yeah. So my main speaking topic is on change and change is hard. I happen to be one of those weirdos who really likes change and I thrive in change and figuring stuff out and all that stuff. And so I realized I had an expertise in dealing with change. Um, and when I wrote this book, you know, I was getting all caught up and I need to write this, you know, 200 page novel. And then I'm like, you know what? No, you don't. Because people who are having a hard time dealing with change don't want to sit down and read about it for an hour and a half. They want the quick tips. And so I ended up writing a tip book with just quick, easy, fun tips. You put it on the toilet seat, like the back of the toilet. So when you have a couple extra minutes, you grab it, you read one, you, you know, and you have something to chew on for the rest of the day. It's fun. It's a little snarky. But that was my goal in writing this is something that people would actually read because I read a statistic 
classic ones that a lot of speaker books, people get excited and they buy them and then they sit on the shelf for a really long time. And uh, so I was like, no, I'm going to, this is readable. It's, it's, it's in bite-sized pieces. Yeah, that's awesome. And I hate to spoil it for everybody, but I think that applies to 95% of books. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'm waste my time to decorate somebody's shelf. Yeah, right. Yeah. For those of you nonfiction authors or or aspiring nonfiction authors, like the work begins when your book is published. Yeah. Right. So awesome. So what's been when was it published, first of all? November, uh, November first of last year. Of last year. So it's not even a year. It's still a baby. Yep. yep. Still a baby. Cool. So what's been your greatest accomplishment as it relates back to the book? Um, people actually buying it. <laughs> you know, when you buy it, when you write a book and you put the effort in and you write it and you edit it and then the whole process, you're like, are people actually going to buy this thing? You know, and it last, I think it was in February that it actually became profitable where, you know, the money that I had spent to get it in a book was less than the money I made in, in, and that was like a big moment where I was like, Oh, I'm actually making money on it now. You know, and every time Amazon sends me the $4 check that they do on a month right. for selling one more book, I'm like, yes, buy right. Right? right. That's what passive income's all about. <laughs> Three bucks a month. That's the American dream. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't do a thing. So you're self-published? I am self-published and, you know, I didn't take the traditional route. I, I don't have any expectation that this is going to sit on the shelf in Barnes and Noble and fly off. This is a companion with my speaking. People want a little bit more of what I speak on. They can get the book and, you know, have that. Uh, it's also a great, you know, it's kind of like a business card. It's one that people are less likely to chuck in the trash because they're like, oh, sure. it's a book, you know, it makes me smart. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's the point of it. So it was a little bit different with the goals that I had with this book. That's cool. So speaker, trainer first, author next. Yeah. So for those of us listening who are into speaking, um, and I want to, I, I can't wait to just hear about some of the things you've been through this year, because it's certainly a different year and stages have now become virtual. So I want to know a little bit about what the book has done for you as it relates back to your speaking business. Yeah, well, I mean, a few different things. First of all, just saying you have a book gives you credibility. So, you know, people are impressed that you have one. So that has helped me. Um, it's also incremental income when a lot of my speaking gigs have bought them for the participants or bought them as giveaways. And so it adds to, you know, I make this much as my speaking fee, but then I make a little bit more. Uh, back in the days when we were in person, I could sell them at the back of the room. Right. Uh, now it's it's a little bit, you know, I set it up on my website, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so that, you know, that's been the, so that's been the purpose, additional income. And again, it's kind of like a business card that people are less likely to throw away. It's got all my contact info in it. You know, people are able to get in touch with me in case they lose me or can't find me, which if you can't find me on the internet, well, but the fact is, Anne Bonnie was also an infamous female pirate. So when I you Google, Anne, yeah, when you Google yeah. Anne Bonnie, you get a whole bunch about her and not a whole I, lot about me. Yeah. So, and I thought you were a badass, but when I Googled you and learned that you were a pirate too, oh, yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Watch yourself. <laughs> I think too, I, I would imagine this, because I've been, I, I've seen a lot of speakers, a lot of good speakers, a lot of, you know, okay speakers, a lot of great speakers. And 
I think especially at some of those events where it's a multi-speaker event, the audience is trying to consume so much information. Mm. So I think too, I would assume that the books may, the book might make you a little bit stickier than other speakers who don't have something to provide the audience where they walk away and they put the book on their, whether they read it or not, it, it's there as a reminder of maybe some of your teachings, maybe some of your insights. Right. So it yeah. might give you longer longevity or shelf life with your audience because they're taking something home. And that, that would be the hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the hope. Yeah. And they're like, I can't remember that lady. Oh, wait, I have the book on my shelf. Let me go back. Oh, let's yeah. hire her again. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. So tell me a little bit about your experience in the last, you know, let's say just 2020, because I mean, I've been to your website. I love your videos. You're so magnetic and enthusiastic on stage. And, uh, you know, it's easy to be attracted to your message and what you're saying and your movements. I mean, you're an incredible speaker. Thank you. So you're welcome. So how, how have you gone about this year with, I would imagine most physical stages at this point are just kind of off limits, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I got home from a three gig trip to Boston and New York in, on March 9th. I got home and March 10th, this beautiful spring of all this speaking engagements that I had lined up just fell like dominoes. And all of a sudden I'm sitting here in my office where I never am. And I'm saying, my job is built on people getting together in large groups in the same room. Right. Now what? Um, fortunately, last fall, I had bought a couple lights and I got a new webcam and I was setting myself up to make some videos and I was already doing some virtual presentations. So when the shift came, I was able to, and I hate this word now, but I was able to pivot and shift to doing my job right here in my office. And I've now done, I think I just finished today, my 87th virtual presentation wow. since March. Good so I, mean, I have been doing three to four a week on a pretty regular basis, which awesome. I am on a daily basis, like, holy cow, thank you. Because literally, you know, we all thought it was going to be two or three months. I had some money in the bank. I was like, this will be fine if a couple months and we'll be back to normal. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, fortunately it is. And I'm so incredibly grateful that it is translated and I, and I've done some work to get better at presenting virtually. How do I use the platforms? How do I engage people? So it's interesting. And they're not just sitting there staring at their computer, like watching me talk, you know, right. it's not really that fun for anybody. So it's the, it's, mm. it, that's what I've done to make sure that I've been successful in continuing to speak. And it's been, and the funny thing was, you know, change being my main topic and this book coming out five months before the pandemic hit has been incredibly relevant because the, anybody, if you're on this planet is dealing with a ton of change and all the discomfort that comes with that. So fortunately my main keynote topic is highly relevant to individuals and organizations right now. That's amazing. That's amazing. Every time I hear the word pivot and do you ever used to watch the show friends? Yeah, pivot! 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 <laughs> Ross is just freaking out on the stairs. I mean, that's yeah. like every time I hear that word and you hear it daily now, right? Um, which is probably why you're like, I don't like that word anymore. Uh, no, I didn't. I loved it then, but we've heard yeah. it. So that and the word unprecedented. Like, okay, I get it. We've never done this before. And yeah. yet it's like the best word for what's going on. <laughs> right. Uncertain. Yeah. 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 So that's amazing. So 87, you know, I would consider those virtual stages. Yeah. So did you tell me a little bit how you went about that? So did you have to completely revamp your 
sales and marketing strategy or did you have to just simply, I don't want to use this word, but redirect it to the virtual, you know, was it pretty straightforward to just redirect a bit and Fortunately, the work that I had done in the past created those opportunities and everybody um, was was saying, okay, I want to still do this event for my team. Um, we've got to do virtual. Can you do virtual? And I'm like, yep, let's just keep going. So I think that um, all the work I've done online, I shifted all this stuff to say virtual or live or blended presentation because the ones I've done three live presentations since March um, and they've all been a blended. So it's not just I'm talking to the people in the room. I'm talking to people in the room and on the Zoom. So right. I got to figure out how to engage everybody there. So I've done a lot of work to learn how to do it well. And that's not only created a successful event for people, but also a lot of referrals, sure. which hallelujah, again, I am so incredibly grateful for. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Very cool. Yep. Very cool. All right. So when it comes to sales and marketing, like what's currently working for you? Like, how are you? Because I see you, you're pretty engaged online in social media, mm -hmm. right? On some social platforms. So yep. what do you see? Like if I was to say, okay, Anne, like if you reverse engineered the 87 virtual stages you've been able to dominate during this unprecedented, <laughs> uncertain, pivotal, pivotal moment in history. <laughs> I'm so grateful we can laugh at this. Yeah, we have to, because otherwise you're going to end up in a pit of despair. Yeah. Um, Some people will be able to laugh at this, so we might as well laugh at it now, right? Yeah, exactly. So what, like if we reverse engineered and looked at the common threads, like what would you say has been the most effective way of marketing? Is it referrals or is it something, it's referrals? It's people knowing that I can do this. Um, it's, it's putting the videos out there. It's taking advantage of the context that I have. And, you know, I do some contract work with a couple organizations who again, have gotten great feedback from their clients and are calling me again and again. And so, um, uh, being open to being very easy to work with, being open to do it, however they want to do it. Um, of course, given some, <laughs> some parameters sure. and, um, just, that's kept me really, really busy. And I think my ability, I do have a ton of energy. I don't know if you've noticed, I'm pretty enthusiastic. And my ability to make that happen to a camera as well as to human eyeballs has really benefited me a lot. Awesome. So I've kind of become a go-to for virtual for a lot of people that I know, which is like. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. So your referrals, like, can you share a little bit about how you go about that? Is it just hey, it just happens because I deliver a lot of value or is it, oh, I ask or I'm proactive about these certain elements of my referral strategy? Yeah, I mean, I do ask. I do say, you know, sort of as the, the, the transaction is closing, do you know anybody in an association that you are, you know, in or any anybody in your professional network who might need this keynote? And Try one of the things that I've found that works really well for me is when I do ask for a referral, I don't just say, Hey, you know, anybody else who needs a keynote on change? I will be specific about it and say, Are you in any professional associations that you can, you know, so give them a focus to think in a direction that makes them think of certain people? Because when you say, Do you know anybody? What? When you're vague, it just doesn't, it's not very effective. You start thinking about the garbage man and the person next door and like, and it's not a focused thought of who actually might have the money to hire a speaker. So that's Great. been really helpful to me. 
Yeah, it's and a great staying point. in touch with people too, sending them additional value uh, than they think of me when the time comes. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I've had my whole life a very big fear of public speaking. Like I was the kid in school or like in a networking group where it's like it's coming, it's coming around. Mm -hmm. The coming around to me and you have yeah. to introduce yourself and like my palms would sweat and I would just like everyone else was introducing themselves and I didn't listen to anybody because I'm just in my head freaking out. Right. And uh, I joined Toastmasters a few mm -hmm. years ago and that's been a great experience. I'm no longer involved, but I think I'm going to re-engage soon now that it's virtual. I recently moved, so I had to unplug from that chapter back in Chicago, but now we're virtual. So I'm, I'm seriously, it's just such a great tribe and you're with the speakers and stuff. I mean, you know how valuable those types of communities are, yeah. but what kind of, and, and for me with practice and repetition, you know, it just gets easier and it gets more natural and you, you know, your butterflies turn into excitement and away you go. So, yeah. but what would you, what kind of insider guidance would you have for people who are either looking to speak or people who are speaking, who are super nervous Nellies about it? Like I used to be like, how would you, guide them with that? Like, what can they do that might kind of ease the nerves a bit? Yeah. So first thing is know that nerves are normal and they don't go away. Sometimes I sit there waiting for a virtual presentation to start and I'm a big show off. You know, I'm like, talk to me, let me, give me the mic. You know, I'm all about it. Right. And I still get nervous. So first of all is knowing, and I think this is a, this is a really important thing for any kind of courage is know that your fear is normal and you can get beyond it. So that's the first thing to think about. Second thing is exactly what you did. Like you can get better at public speaking. It can be more comfortable, but you have to do it. You know, like I said, you got to fall off the stage three or four times in order to be comfortable falling off the stage. Now, I'm not saying you're going to fall off the stage. That was a reference to something we talked about earlier, but same thing with public speaking. You get up, you do it. And that's the beauty of Toastmasters is it's low stakes. It's a bunch of people who are also terrified of public speaking <laughs> who want you to be successful. And that's the other thing that you have to remember is most people that are watching. I think Jerry Seinfeld made the joke that people hate public speaking so much. Like it is one of the top three fears next to snakes and flying and dying. Like right. people hate it so much that at a funeral, they'd rather be in the casket than behind the podium. Right. Yep. So understanding that people are so glad they're not the one up on the stage that they want to see you succeed. And remembering that as well is really important because we get caught up in the judgment of what people are going to think of me, blah, blah, blah. They want you to be successful. Right. And so tell yourself that. And the last suggestion I have is preparation. Because as you're standing there about to go on and you're freaking out and you're in your head and what I call that little elf is like squawking at you, telling you how terrible it's going to be and how you're probably going to burp in the middle of your presentation and everybody's going to judge you. You are able to say, I am ready. I've prepared. I know my stuff. I got this. Because being able to combat that internal voice is the important piece with logic. And so if you've done the work to prepare and you're ready, you're going to be able to do that and say, no, you got this. You know your stuff. Just get out there and do what you've practiced. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I, I agree with everything you said, except for one exception. Oh, dear. 
if they truly want you to succeed, why didn't they warn you you were getting close to the ledge three, four? Yeah. <laughs> I was six, you know, and I didn't listen very much. They also love drama. So you just kind of keep them on the edge of their seats a little bit. You're one of those people who goes to the car race for the wrecks, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, is she really going to? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And there she, oh, she's getting close. Oh, there she goes. <laughs> Oh, I just, I can't keep my eyes away. I can't, you know, I have to look. <laughs> Here she goes. She's going any minute now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love the public speaking idea because when I got involved a few years ago, for me, it was just, I, I, I like playing outside of the comfort zone a little bit and I like overcoming fears. And I've had, you know, I've had fears of heights and vertigo and we may have talked about that on your podcast and how, you know, what I did to overcome that. But, um, I, I think now looking back and I didn't realize this at the time because you're right. Toastmasters. I think that's one thing to keep in mind is find a safe environment. You mentioned that the safe environment, we're all on the same level. It's a very supportive atmosphere and people are rooting you on mm -hmm. and you can go up there and you can, you know, have an accident in your pants and people will applaud you and be like, yeah. you, you know, you're so courageous. Yeah. <laughs> Way yeah. to go. Wait, you did it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You did it. Right. The feedback is next time, you know, keep, keep the drawers clean. Wear <laughs> depends. Go before the speech, just like the horses in the races. Go. Before. Yeah. But what I didn't realize is just like a book, public speaking is such an authority builder. It's such a credibility mm -hmm. builder. And I like authorship for the same reason I like speaking. It's because it's like, that's beyond what most people are willing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's beyond what most people's comfort zones. So if you can get comfortable out there with the discomfort, you'll stand out. Yeah. So I think it's so important if you're an author, thought leader, online trainer, you know, whatever it might be, um, public speaking could be a really good next step. And I think it's easier. It's not easier from like a, am I doing well? Because you don't have feedback if it's virtual. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a lot easier to do now that we are virtual, you know, and I'm just thinking for those of you who want to do public speaking and make it to the stage right now is the winter season to get yourself out there, to do these virtual events, to do these presentations virtually and make yourself in demand for when stages are back. Mm -hmm. and, and it is weird. Talking to a camera is weird, you know, and not having feedback and having to laugh at your own jokes and just assume everybody's laughing with you. Right. But you're right. If you can get up and speak with confidence, the illusion of confidence is incredibly powerful as far as how people feel about you, your professionalism and your competence. So yeah. learning how to speak well and present yourself well with confidence and ease, even if you are shaking in your boots and pooping in your pants, right? if you can project that confidence, it is incredibly powerful for what people think about you and your competence level. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yep. I love that. So you also have a podcast. I mean, you're just like this multi-dimensional, multi-faceted, you know, persona here. <laughs> so you also have a podcast. Mm -hmm. How does your podcast relate to the speaking, the book? Like, is that is that a piece of the overall strategy? Is that just a passion project on the side that you like to do? Like, how does that intertwine with what, what it is you're doing? 
Yeah, it, it's both. It's all of the above, which is, I think, why it's been why I've been able to keep doing it. Um, Igniting Courage podcast is the name of the podcast. And I realized as you know, the <laughs> the creation of Anne Bonnie, the speaker was a journey was about a three year journey where I bumbled around trying to listen to everybody else and all of the shoulds before I finally stopped listening and said, all right, I got a lot of information here. Who am I? Who do I want to be? What's authentic for me? And what I realized in my main speaking topics, which are change management, leadership, emotional intelligence, and effective communication, all of those things require courage. And one of the things when I was a special needs teacher, when I was a, you know, um, a personal trainer and a group exercise instructor, I was always focused on igniting people's courage to step forward, to get uncomfortable, get out of their comfort zone. And so it's this underlying thing of let's normalize fear. Let's figure out how we can, um, how we can be courageous and how realizing courage isn't something you're born with. It's a decision that we make in each unique situation. Yeah. You know, for me jumping out of a plane, whoa, that's a cool Saturday for you. You were coming into a fear for me talking to my partner about intimate, you know, relationship stuff terrifies me. Right. That's why I'm a speaker. I get on stage, I say it and I leave. Right. You know, right, right. You know? Um, so, and for some people, that's really easy. So courage is one of those things that's a, it's a decision. And so the podcast was a way for me to get content out there that was relevant to what I'm speaking about. But also, I get to have some of the coolest conversations and get to know people in a much deeper way than I would just, you know, knowing them. Right. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's such a, it's such a, compliment or, or a, a companion to what you're doing. Cause I think there's a lot of people who want to just write a book, publish a book, and then just hope it sells mm -hmm. a lot of people who are building an online course. And, you know, if, if I build it, they'll come and they just hope it sells. Um, but the fact that you're out there practicing your art, you're on a podcast, you know, you're doing video when you do that, cause it's just more fun that way. But you know, you're publishing the audio through the, your Igniting Courage podcast, like you're speaking, you're practicing, like that's practice, 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 practice. So you're practicing your art and then you're delivering it when you get that, you know, stage, Yeah. which I think is so neat. So, I mean, if you're a writer and that's all you want to do, that's all you're comfortable with, that's all you care about, great, maybe publish a blog, mm -hmm. you know, or maybe go on Medium or contribute to Forbes or HuffPost or wherever it is, but like practice your art. It, it, it's and and that's such an important piece is figure out what's the right thing for you. Mm -hmm. You know, where does it land? Cause I was blog was something I was looking at and all these different avenues where you can get content out there. And it was like, what's right for me. Yes. And the podcast was the right avenue for me, but it might not be for you. Maybe it is blogs. Maybe it is articles on Huffington post or whatever, you know, but it's finding that right avenue where you can find an authentic voice. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's like an extracurricular. Mm -hmm. I look at that as just an extracurricular activity. And at the same time, it can be also a double purpose of, of a lead, you know, generator right. uh, of getting your word, getting your voice out there so people can actually find you mm -hmm. because just by launching a course or hanging a page on your site that says book me now right. or, pub, you know, whatever it is, publishing a book on Amazon, like that's probably not enough. There's so much noise. Oh, yeah. I had an online course for a while. I think I sold four. 
Yeah. And I think my mom was one of them. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it's. That it, was her, that was the adult version of her hug after you fell off stage. Exactly. That's how she contributed back. The cool thing is she keeps buying the book for her friends. So that's awesome. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. How long have you been doing the podcast? Uh, I am about to hit year three. So it's been two years. Episode 100 launches on Monday. Awesome. I'm so excited. I interviewed two 12-year-olds. I said, you know, I've never had two guests and I've never had anybody under 18 on the podcast. So I'm like, episode 100, let's get some young people in here, talk about the pandemic. And wow. I tell you, it was a really cool interview. It was really fun. Yeah, I bet. What, what yeah. was, is that what, that what it was? Like youth's uh, experience of pandemic or what was the yeah. What's it like? What scares you? You know, and it, and it was not surprising, but it was also surprising. And one of the my favorite moments was um, when I said, you know, what do you think about this pandemic? And one of them said, you know, I, I know there's a lot of bad things happening, but in a couple of years when I'm an adult, it's kind of going to be cool to say when I was 12, I survived a global pandemic. And I'm like, well, that's an interesting outlook, you know? Yeah. So, but it was, it was great to kind of just shut up and listen to what scares them and what requires their courage in all of this. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. We're all processing it differently. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating to see. I mean, my kids are younger, you know, they're two and a half, five, seven, uh, yeah, two and a half, five, seven. Well, we just had two birthdays. So I'm like, is that current, right? Yeah, right. Because my wife sometimes watches these. So I got to be accurate with the birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want to hear about it later at dinner. That's right. She's seven now. <laughs> exactly. But it is fascinating to, to hear just the different ways. And, and, you know, some people process are processing it well and other people are have, having a really, you know, big struggle. So and some people process it well on Tuesday and have a big struggle on Wednesday and then are back to processing it well on Thursday. I mean, yeah. it is just an absolute roller coaster. And this is one of the things we talk about in my change keynote is that, you know, some days you're going to feel like you've got it all figured out. And other days you're going to feel like you are a complete disaster and you can't get off the couch. And that's unfortunately really normal. <laughs> and, and here's what's interesting is it doesn't take a pandemic for, for you yeah, to right. have the roller coaster. Like that means you're human. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And oftentimes you don't even know what your problem is. You know, you're just like, why can I not get out of bed today? It's right, just, right. you know, yeah. sometimes the thing. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like, why am I grabbing more Doritos from the yeah. pantry? <laughs> And there's nothing in the fridge that wasn't there 20 minutes ago. You checked. Like the elves are not coming to your house to drop off better snacks. I don't know what that is, right? That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So we talked about some really great things. What are you struggling with right now? Like where's your biggest challenge in your business as it relates to books, speaking, anything, podcasts, you name it. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that keeps me up at night from a business perspective is... It's going really well right now. I'm super excited about it. I'm really happy with where it is. I need to make sure I keep this momentum going and I stay relevant and I keep up with the things that are going to develop. And um, that's, you know, I, I, I don't think there's any help for that other than waiting to see what happens and continuing to pay attention and continuing to put it out there. Uh, but that's, that's the thing that kind of keeps me up at night is how do I keep this going? Um, yeah. you know, um, yeah, because it's an ever changing world. So yeah. Just wow. keep changing with it. You know, as soon as you get comfortable with something, it's like, okay, now we're changing, you know? Right. right. Yeah. I had a thought the other day 
because I've got a little momentum behind me as well. And um, I had a thought the other day that was like, well, when is the other foot going to drop? You know, it's like, when is what's wrong? You know, mm -hmm. like, how, how am I going to get taken out at the knees? Yeah. And I'm just like, I, it was one of those, like, I'm a big believer in the power of your mind creates your reality. Right. So it's like, I kind of just smiled at that thought and let, let that baby go. <laughs> you know, I'm like, bye-bye. Yeah. You know, that train's not leaving the station today. I, I know better than that, but it is interesting when, when things are going so well, all of a sudden, you know, you can get a little bit stressed out or anxious or worrisome about, well, when's this all going to fall apart? Right. right. Well, and, and it's easy to get complacent when things are going well and just sit back and say, oh, I'm good for the next couple of months. Woo, it'll be awesome. But it's important to keep your nose to the grindstone and keep saying, how can I keep innovating? How can I not, you know, wait for it to go back to normal? Or how can I continue changing and, and shifting? And it's a really important piece of it. Yeah. Well, I think you mentioned the word momentum and that's very near and dear to me because momentum will work in, you know, both ways. Mm -hmm. When you have momentum in the wrong direction, it's hard to redirect that. But if you can continue looking at forward momentum, continue keeping your nose at the grindstone, continue put publishing content, innovating, whatever it is for you personally, and you've got that forward momentum, it's just easier to carry that when it's going in the right direction. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. And and as busy as I'm getting, I still make sure that I make time to connect with people, make time to, you know, somebody the other day texted me and they're like, hey, I got a friend who is a she's a um, pole, a, a light pole maintenance, like electric wire maintenance thing. And she's doing a public speaking thing. And I don't know how to help her. Will you help her? And I looked at my calendar and I'm like, good God, I don't have any time. But I'm like, you know what? Yes, I can. I got to make time to connect with new people, make those new connections, because that could be a speaking engagement for me, or she could go out and be incredibly successful, get her message out there in a really positive way and, yeah. and make an impact. And I want to be a part of that. So, you know, it's continuing to make yourself available, even though when things are going really well, you're busy. Yeah. So, so I just want to understand you. She's an electrician, like with the big light poles. Right. <laughs> Right, right, right. With the big like, stuff that you go up there. Like you know, a, yeah, you know? like on the city scale or municipality scale. Right. And she and wants she, to speak. Yeah, well, no, she's doing a speaking engagement for a big conference on oh, cool. fitness connected with doing that job as a pole climber, which I had to clarify what exactly that meant. Let's reframe that. Because, yes, let's yeah. call that something. Well, could use it and it might bring in a lot of people. <laughs> you know, it's all about marketing. That's right. Find the tagline. <laughs> yeah, so she wants to just knock it out of the park, telling, helping people understand how do I raise my fitness level in order to be able to do this job over the long term. That's and cool. so it's an important message for people who are fixing my wireless, you know, my electricity, so I can do all of this stuff. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's kind so, of neat. Do you do coaching as well then for other speakers? Not officially. Um, I, I teach a class on how to present, you know, how to do public speaking. I teach a class on how to virtually present, uh, but I don't coach at this point. Um, I haven't had a the time to develop that business. I'm not a really good coach because that requires keeping people accountable. And I have a hard time keeping myself accountable. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I just help where I can. <laughs> cool. Cool. So with these classes, like what would be the one piece of guidance you would give to someone as far as like this, talking face to camera or virtually in a Zoom environment or doing a Facebook Live or an Instagram, you know, what would be like that one thing that could really be a needle mover for them? 
shifting the focus from you to the audience, shifting your focus from worrying about what people are thinking about you to what can I offer my audience? Because, and this is something I learned from Lydia Haskell back in, gosh, it was probably 2010 or 2009 when I was teaching group exercise and she was giving me feedback, you know, this is me in front of a whole bunch of people working out in front of me. And I'm, you know, like, oh, but what if they think I'm this? And what if they think I'm not? Or she goes, why, why are you talking about you? It's not about you. It's about them and it's about their workout. And if you shift the spotlight from yourself and your concern about what they think about you to your audience and what you can offer them, you shift your whole thinking, you're able to listen better to the questions and the interaction, and you're able to give that knowledge that you have authentically to the audience and really make a bigger difference rather than just worrying about yourself. Mm. So that's, that's the biggest thing. If you're just trying to create that authentic connection through the camera, shifting that focus to what can I give them can really change your whole mindset. Oh, that's such an important lesson. I hope people who are watching and listening are, are, are really hearing what Anne's saying here. I love that. I was given a very similar piece of guidance when I was writing my book. Mm-hmm. My editors told me, you know, this book isn't about you. It's about your reader. So same, same common thread there. And I think we all watch speakers and we all watch movies and we all read books autobiographically. Like what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. It's just how we're wired. It's human nature. Right. So I think your ability to, to, and that also helps you with not getting freaked out about what do they think about my hair? What do they think about this? Are my, you know, yeah. <laughs> are my eyebrows in order? Cause I know yeah, right. I, got to, <laughs> I was just, I got a haircut yesterday. She's like, would you like me to trim your eyebrows? I'm like, the fact that you're asking me <laughs> suggests that I should say yes. <laughs> it's like when somebody offers you gum, take the gum. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but I love what you just said because it's about them. It's yeah. Not- and I will, when I'm doing virtual presentations, I cover up my camera because I, I will sit there and go, oh my God, my eyebrows crooked or, oh my God, my lipstick, you know, like, and who really cares? They're not looking at the minutiae as much as you are. And right. so just cover, look first, make sure you're relatively comfortable. Usually what I say is, oh, it's as good as it's going to get. And then I cover it up and I'm not even watching myself, which yeah. <laughs> helps a lot. Yeah. But that's good because you just, then you, you get lost in what you're training or teaching or, you know, so it's a great way to do it. Yeah. My kids are in uh, virtual school and I always try to like bypass, they're, they're in this big gallery mode. And I always either try to put speaker view on or go to a different page where they're not on. Cause they'll just sit there and they'll just be like, you know, yeah, just, <laughs> just you know, I don't want to say play with themselves, but you get what I'm saying. Exactly. Just sit there and entertain themselves by watching their, you know, reflection. Right. Totally. <laughs> Totally. And it's natural. You know, you're looking. And again, if you're nervous about it, just cover it up. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Well, thanks, Anne. This was, I knew this would be fun. I could talk to you for hours. I, I, love, your I love your courage. I love your insights. And uh, I think you've got, are you working on a second book? Yeah. Get them over it. So it's a similar format to get over it. This is for the individual. Get them over it is for the managers uh, saying, how do I get my teams through change? How do I deal with the resistance and the negativity? How do I communicate stuff right? And again, it's in that little bite-sized format that that we have the time to consume these days. Good for you. Yeah. So what's the time frame on that? Um, well, as you can imagine, uh, I'm watching funds carefully. And so right now I just got it back from my editor, 
first round of editing. And awesome. so once I have the money set aside for the graphic designer, I'll finish up the process and get it to them. And it should be a matter of 30 days before I got that little puppy in my hands. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I want to have you back on. That's That'd be really great. cool. Congratulations. Thank I, you. And I mean, in, in the middle of this year with your busy, which all this, with all the stuff you've been up to, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And you know what? It, there's this thing about called intentional living that makes the huge difference where yeah. you're intentionally saying, I want to get this done by this date. And that means you break it down into small milestones and you actually do it. Right. I mean, I'm just preaching to the choir here. It's, it's, it. that's how you get stuff done when everything is blowing up around you. <laughs> yeah. You said you had a hard time with accountability, but your results suggest otherwise. Well, it's, scheduling and tying myself to the chair until I'm starving and have to gnaw away at the ropes. You know, right. Right. <laughs> do what you got to do. I've learned. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Ann, for coming on the show. Thank it's you, Sean. Awesome. Yeah, right, thanks. Yep. <laughs> All right. Sean here again. Wasn't that an awesome conversation? Just want to say thanks again for joining us this week. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you can catch all future episodes. Take care and remember to make it a great day.